Welcome to ESG Decoded. This is Amanda Shea. Thank you so much for joining us again, listeners. And today I'm so happy to be speaking to Dr. R.T. Shamsunder at YLSC Consulting. R.T. is the Global Head of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and is responsible for creating distinct research based and impactful client solutions and thought leadership in the DEI space. R.T., welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here. And thank you so much for joining me also from across the across the world almost. <laughs> almost, yes. Although almost. globalization has made it all look small, huh? <laughs> and technology like this allows us to connect so easily. So yes. thank you so much for making some time mm -hmm. um, to talk to me today and share with our listeners more about creating an inclusive culture through inclusive leadership. Um Obviously, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is one of the hot topics in ESG. And we can have a diverse organization, but maybe it's not necessarily inclusive. And I think everything starts at the top, so I'm really interested in learning from you mm -hmm. um, about your thoughts and your research in this field. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and the consultancy. Of course. No, thank you for giving us the space and giving me this forum. So yeah, my background is as a work psychologist. So I bring in that perspective, but also throughout my life, my career, I've had both the insider and the outsider experience. So putting all of this together, I feel like the ENI was the ultimate sort of, it was but natural that I ended up here making my career here. Um, so, yeah, in, my, in terms of my background, I've worked applying psychology to the workplace throughout. So it, initially it was hiring, then it became leadership assessment and development. And for the last decade or so, a little more than that, I've been focused in the DNI. It was DNI, and now we've added the E. We can talk about that if you want. Um, yes, at, yes. <laughs> and at YSC, it's a leadership strategy consultancy. We were recently acquired by Accenture. So that's very exciting. So now it's YSE Consulting, part of Accenture. And we've always had a focus on the top, right? So it was very much this belief that leadership shapes culture, it shapes the experience. And we're all about shaping the future of leadership and shaping the future through leadership. So that's a little bit about what YSE does. And within that, of course, DEI plays an important role. When you think about inclusive leadership, what are some pillars that we need to be mindful of? Absolutely. So for a long time, we saw, like you said in the beginning, diversity and inclusion, uh, they were sort of considered the same thing. Even today, people aren't really sure how these differ. So... In the beginning, there was a lot of focus on compliance, you know, anti-harassment, anti-discrimination rules, policies. Uh, over time, that became a focus on diversity. So whether it was recruiting, hiring, realizing that our workforces were quite homogeneous and, you know, what can we do to increase diversity? At some point, I remember in the 90s, even in the early 2000s, it was all about diversity management as if it was a problem to be managed. Um, along the way, that became a focus on in inclusion uh, when we realized that diversity alone was not actually sufficient. And in fact, 
when what you have when you focus only on diversity is a tendency to uh create conditions for probably conflict discrimination misunderstandings aggression you know you name it so the magic ingredient we realized was inclusion and all this to say the role of leaders therefore is to create those conditions for inclusion such that diversity can thrive so when you asked about the pillars we see uh, actually at YSC we have a nice formula we talk about the three c's of inclusion um and these are curiosity courage and connection um happy to speak a little more about that but in essence the idea is all leadership is a result of our um cognitive or intellectual our emotional and our social qualities so that's what the 3c sort of represent and um yeah so that's pretty critical to how we show up as inclusive leaders in the workplace i would love to dig into each of the 3c's a little bit more the first one you said was curiosity mhm is that correct yes tell me more about that quality Of course so curiosity is that intellectual aspect of the formula and it represents this idea that um you know we have a principle we start a lot of our interactions with the set of principles or ways we are going to interact and one of those is meet judgment with curiosity and what that really means is you know um we we are conditioned socialized to think certain ways to react in certain manner but if we meet those almost natural tendencies or predispositions with a curious way uh, an openness and sort of an attitude of learning i think that breaks down barriers quickly so we talk about curiosity as having sort of creating those conditions for possibility for open minded mindedness um and each of our 3c's can be further broken down into a couple of things so for instance with curiosity we have a receptive angle to it but also clarity and clarity is all about creating clarity for others and for yourselves and receptive is a lot about the open mindedness that we spoke about earlier yes i could understand how, why you need both mm -hmm. um what about the second c the second c is courage and this is one of my personal favorites because i think it's my personal challenge it's the emotional aspect um it's the way in which we open up and be vulnerable take risks you know create space for others make sacrifices so we talk a lot in the dei space about being comfortable with discomfort we say often if you're not taking a risk if you're not sort of putting yourself outside of your comfort zone you're not doing it right and that's why it takes courage um so why taking risk i mean taking risk on others especially people from those marginalized and overlooked groups um that don't naturally sort of pop into the spotlight for various reasons um and taking risk making space i think this is one of the most again uh, underappreciated aspects of leadership 
which is what happens when the leader is not in the spotlight what has happened to you know behind the scenes for a leader to have stepped back maybe given someone a chance maybe um like i said made a sacrifice so that someone else um deservedly gets an opportunity that might they might not have otherwise gotten so yeah courage to me i think is a comes harder for a lot of leaders because they just aren't incentivized or socialized to show up in vulnerable and open ways i could see that it's as you mentioned it's uncomfortable to mm-hmm. say and learning to be okay with that mm-hmm. uncomfortable or disc- yeah, mm-hmm. and take those risks and that's i think not natural for a lot of people <laughs> not natural not easy uh and i i think genuinely not incentivized because which leader is going to say i'm going to give it time i'm going to take a risk it's okay if it backfires i really believe in this person you know let them let them take the 6 months it takes for them to be ready for this role or my favorite example of late has been men leaders who are men who give up a speaking engagement if they find that they're on a manel so a manel if your audience isn't aware is a men only panel which became all too common during the pandemic especially um and so yeah a lot of my favorite examples are things like that when they say you know i i've had the spotlight long enough it's time for someone else and i have the power and privilege and the position to make that difference so they take the courage and make that happen and then tell me about the third c <clears throat> of course so connection again when we think of inclusive leadership and dei in general the first thing we think of is interpersonal relationships um and connection speaks directly to that it's not just about bonding which is about you know finding similarities and it's easy to do that you and i have something in common we're going to get along just fine that's easy and that's human sort of tendency the harder thing is bridging across differences so when you don't have that much in common at least at first glance there is a tendency to then um avoid that sort of a connection or that relationship and then focus on something that's more comfortable that's more easy but true inclusive leadership demands that you both bond and bridge so you bond with similarity but you bridge across differences So connection is a lot about that and we talked about the two aspects within each it requires us to get a little more aware of our own ways in which we relate so looking into our own biases perhaps our own tendencies we all have preferences around who we want around us and connection gets at you know asking ourselves those hard questions about why we go to a certain favorite group for answers each time for instance and overcoming that to reach out and sort of relate to others in more intentional ways when you talk about bonding i understand and when it comes to bridging differences mm. is that trying to find a bond trying to find a common ground or is that something different i love that question i mean it can start as that but i think what it is at the heart of it is valuing the difference it's not it's not just looking for something in common and of course we're always going to find something in common if we look hard enough that's the beauty of humanity and having lived in different cultures and had friends from different cultures i can vouch for a fact that 
we do have more in common than different. But this piece is about not discounting the differences and instead celebrating them. So another way of saying this is, you know, for a long time, we thought most inclusive approach is to say, I don't see difference. I don't see color. I don't see race. I don't see gender. I just see hum humanity. But we've realized over time that that sort of approach, which a lot of folks would call colorblindness, that sort of approach is not truly inclusive. It's more sort of evasive, actually. And so this, what we're talking about here is to see color and see race and see gender, but sort of value and celebrate those differences and recognize that we all bring different, unique strengths to the table. So that's what it's about. <laughs> In the beginning, you hinted a little bit about diversity and inclusion and adding equity into it. Mm -hmm. um, when is it D&I and when is it DE&I? When is, when is it appropriate to be DE&I, I guess? You know, a lot of times when we discover something, we wonder why we hadn't thought of it before. <laughs> and adding the E to me has been sort of that. So... We've been talking a lot about inclusion and inclusive leadership, but I also, to be honest, sometimes wonder if even the term inclusion itself is exclusionary. Like, who are we to do the including? You know, what puts us in that position of power to say, I will include someone else? And so equity sort of addresses those more profound philosophical differences almost, so equity is around recognizing that historical and continuing differences exist, differences in access, differences in power, and all of this manifests in outcomes, right? So given differential access to, say, education, to employment, to wealth, certain groups have been sort of lagging behind in outcomes like, again, leadership roles or um, educational qualifications. So if we only focus on the outcomes, we're not actually um, addressing what's come before. So equity gives us a lens and tools to address what's come before. For me, I think that's critical because history is prevalent, right? We can't discount that. What's in the system, what's in society is what's reflected in our organizations. However progressive we are, however inclusive we want to be, we still have to contend with the fact that our workforces, our customer bases come from society. And recognizing that society has not created a level playing field for everyone is critical and equity gives us that sort of language to address it and and the recognition to also say this is urgent and this is important and this is why we need to probably acknowledge those differences and do something more intentionally to correct those for redressal, really. Thank you so much. I think my last um, question is just if someone is thinking about D&I or, mm -hmm. or D&I, however they want to frame it at their company, whatever is appropriate for the time, but they're a little bit, um, they're not sure where to start. What do you recommend? What a great question. I recommend looking inward and looking into your immediate 
you know, circles. So everyone, no matter how, again, what their positionality is in society, no matter what power and privilege they hold, have at some point been an outsider. So everyone has felt exclusion. Everyone knows what that feels like. And if we can tap into that empathy, um, I think that's a starting point. And then looking around us, we ask three questions when we define the ENI. The simplest way I think it comes across is diversity is around who is present. Inclusion is around who is participating. And equity, equity is around who has power. So if we look around us and say who's here, who's participating or who's not, who's missing from this discussion, and who has power, who's making the decisions, who's calling the shots, I think we'll start to recognize the need for the ENI in our daily life. So I would say start within and start observing. Thank you, Arti. This has been wonderful. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're able to be on our podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on and giving me a chance to share my thoughts. Mm-hmm.